Welcome or welcome back to Lift You Up Inspiring Health Stories. I'm your host, Tamika Bickham. I'm the founder and chief storyteller of TB Media Group. But for the purpose of this podcast, I'm your health and happiness matchmaker. Now, before I introduce you to today's guest, you know what I'm going to ask you to do. Hit subscribe on YouTube, connect with me on LinkedIn, turn on notifications. I want to connect with you and make sure you hear about us every week. Now, today you are going to meet Corey Chadwick. He is the founder of The Mental Gym. You work out every day, every week. You may have a gym membership, right? Well, are you working out your mind? He's bringing a new concept to Canada and beyond, and we're diving into The Mental Gym on this episode. Our physical, mental, and emotional health is not just a want. It is a need for happy lives and prosperous businesses. Lift You Up is the podcast where we share inspiring health stories from business owners who are fulfilling their purpose to live their healthiest lives and helping you do the same. From former TV reporter to marketing entrepreneur and content creator, I care about sharing stories that matter and stories that connect us. I'm your host, Tamika Bickham, your health and wellness matchmaker. Well, today I'm so excited to first meet for the first time virtually, uh, Corey Chadwick, who is the founder of The Mental Gym. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. It's great to meet you and just chatting with you for the first few minutes. You know, I already feel a, a good connection and chemistry. I'm excited to learn so much more about you. You're calling in all the way from Toronto, Canada. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me, Corey, a little bit more about you and what is the mental gym? So think of it like going to an exercise class with a personal trainer, but instead of working out your body, the mental gym is for your mind, for your potential and your well-being. Uh, we work out in small discussion-based group classes and really it's to, to get you to think differently, to kind of think at a higher level, to shift thinking patterns so that we can help you really become who you want to be and show up in this world how you want to show up. Uh, we're very big on the idea that you are here to live your 10. You're not here to live your six or your seven, but it's, it's real easy to kind of fall into the kind of trap of just the way things are and the way things have always been. So uh, our job is to help you really become that version of yourself that deep down you've believed you could be, maybe just don't know how to get from here to there. Uh, we do that together with like-minded people. It's one hour, once a week. You show up, you work out, you go home, you come back next week, we do it again. And we just, every week, uh, we, we work on a new fundamental, a new idea that helps you take another step closer to living your 10. And we just keep building and building and building. It's a, it's a really cool place to be. Um, our members come from different walks of life different ages, uh, you name it. Uh, but we all have one thing in common. Everyone has one thing in common is that idea that I'm not here to live my six or my seven. I'm here to live my 10. Uh, I don't want to apologize for that or feel guilty about that. And uh, I want to do it with like-minded people who support each other, consistent support, consistent guidance, consistent community. Um, very much like working out your body, consistency is huge. You and I met not too long ago, maybe two weeks ago at the time of this recording on LinkedIn, which is why I love LinkedIn. I'm always telling people, you got to get on LinkedIn. You can really form meaningful connections there. But what mm -hmm. stood out to me about you was like the name of your company, the mental gym, like immediately, you know, I didn't know the details, but I, I got it like what you were saying once I read a little bit more, like 
you said, you know, we all have a gym for our bodies or a lot of us go to a gym for our bodies, but it makes so much sense. The mental gym, like we should be working out, you know, what's inside just as much as what's outside. So how long have you been doing this? So my work goes back in kind of specific to this about four or five years now, the mental gym itself launched about a year ago. The work before was very much the same. A lot of it was live in-person stuff. Um, really the, the idea is that I, I believe we have so much potential, so much more potential as individuals, as organizations, as families, parents, friends, you name it. And uh, we can realize it. We just need to know that we can and then be equipped with what we call the right operating system to do it, internal operating system. Same way your computer has an operating system or your phone does, so do we. Uh, and that operating system is really responsible for how we think and how we make decisions and how we act and behave and inevitably the results that we get. So if you're going to upgrade your computer's operating system or your phone's operating system, you want to upgrade yours. So I've been upgrading operating systems for quite a while now. And um, one day it just kind of hit me that this needs to be a gym. We need to treat it like a gym. We need to approach it like a gym. So you mentioned that a lot of us are operating at a six or a seven. We want to live that 10. Mm -hmm. um, were you ever at a point where you felt like that was you and you were not living life at a 10? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think we can all relate to this. Right. Uh, this started for me at a very young age. Um, you know, I remember it clearly kind of in, in elementary or grade school, certainly in high school and through university, um, this feeling like I've got more potential than I'm realizing. Uh, I can feel it in me. I, like, I know it's there, but I don't know where to start. I'm, I'm not an anti-school guy by any stretch, but, <laughs> but school really does kind of point you in a direction. It, it, it keeps you kind of narrow, kind of too narrowly focused. School does not set you up to live your 10. It really does set you up to live your five, six, seven. Um, and it's what we know, right? Yeah. We don't really question it. It's just, we think that we're being kind of pointed in the right direction and equipped with the right tools and the right skills and the right mindset, which we're absolutely not. Um, I truly believe the most important things there are to learn in the world and in your life are things you're just never going to learn in school. So I, that was a frustrating thing for me once I really started realizing that. Um, and again, just went through some, some really difficult times growing up. Uh, my parents, great parents, but not so great at marriage. They, they were on again, off again, on again, off again, on again, off again. My brother and I were living in one home, two homes, one home, two homes. I mean, it's, it was tough. Um, when I was 16, I contracted this freak rare brain virus, just kind of knocked me out of commission for, for quite a while. It took seven months just to diagnose it. So for seven months, didn't know, um, if I was going to live or die. I, just... I read that on your website. Uh, uh, so what, what were you experiencing that made you go to a doctor? Yeah. So, uh, it's, I started, started just getting really dizzy, like, um, I was, I remember this very clearly. I was in school one day, I was in Spanish class. Um, and I was looking down at my desk and I kind of looked up and the whole room started kind of rocking back and forth. Like, um, have you ever been in like a fun house or mm -hmm. something like that? You know what I'm talking about? Right. And the floor is going like this and that's what it felt like. And I was like, Whoa, what's going on? And, um, I said, yeah, I gotta, I gotta go call my dad. Uh, and at the time when I was in high school, we actually had to like go to the payphone. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was trying to like get myself across the school to get to the payphone, And I was like holding myself up on the lockers. I had no balance and they just took me right to the hospital. They thought something might be really, really be wrong. And then I started getting these really intense headaches, just this pressure on my, on my head and 
Um, those were kind of the two big main symptoms and that lasted the duration uh, of that, that whole seven months until it was diagnosed. Wow. Um, yeah, it wasn't a fun time. <laughs> it really wasn't. And um, one of the, the most challenging things other than really not knowing what's going to happen. And, and even if you do live, is this what the rest of your life's going to be like? Um, but really feeling like that wasn't in my control at all. It's and not I, the best feeling. And it, it, you really, I mean, you didn't have control over that. Do you know how you, I mean, how do you get a brain virus like this? Yeah, that one, as it turns out, was from a mosquito. Um, a mosquito was carrying this virus. And oh my goodness. I got stung by a mosquito and that's what happened. Or bit by a mosquito. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was one of those where I believe at the time it was diagnosed about twice in North America a year. So I think it's a little more commonly diagnosed now, but it makes sense that they weren't looking for it and didn't right. know what to look for and, or how to find it. And um, I guess that's why it took seven months to, for someone to find it. Well, I'm glad you recovered from that. Okay, so after seven months, then they finally find out what it is. And you get, I guess, you're able to get the right medication to help clear it up. Yeah, you know, interestingly, kind of towards the end of it, um, the doctor who found it, this guy very much reminded me of, of Dr. House, kind of an older version of Dr. House. Um, and when he found it, he was able to kind of recognize that this virus was close to running its course anyway. Mm. Um, so the, the treatment of it was wasn't that intense it was it was kind of more geared towards let's just monitor it and actually let it run its course and manage the pain and, and things like that and manage the symptoms but they were confident it was going to kind of work its way through my system and inevitably it did um but really just getting an answer was such a huge relief so then that happens and then i I think I read it on your website that you're then throwing another curveball. Yeah. So this was, this is certainly a, not the most fun curveball. Um, yeah. My mother uh, suffered from bipolar disorder, uh, pretty severe bipolar disorder. And so I really didn't know how badly uh, she was suffering with this. Um, I knew, I didn't know anything about mental illness. I didn't know what bipolar disorder was. Um, I knew that sometimes my mom would go through these stages of, of kind of very high highs in her life um, and then go through these long stretches of real serious depression. Um, and again, I didn't know how bad it was until uh, I got a phone call one day that just kind of rocked my world that, that she tried to take her life. Um, and I just, it was, it just kind of blew me away. I was, I was shocked. I was scared. I was heartbroken. Um, again, here's this feeling like I, this isn't in my control. I can't, like, what can I do to, to change this? How can I help her? How can I save her? And a uh, short time later, she tried again. Um, and then it wasn't long after that where she actually went through with it and, and did it. And she did take her life. Uh, I'm so sorry. Uh, thank you. It's, it's heartbreaking. I mean, yeah. <laughs> nobody's supposed to watch somebody you love suffer with anything, really. Yeah. And, and something like that, where you, you really just do feel like that's out of your control. And um, you ask yourself those questions, like, what could I have done differently? What, how could I have helped her? How could I have saved her? Um, I think one of the things that really helped me get through it was knowing that there wasn't anything that I could do 
that if this is how it was going to end up, um, I felt like I literally would have had to sit by her side 24 seven, holding mm -hmm. her hand, watching her, making sure that she didn't do anything. And, um, that's, you know, you yeah. can't live like that. Right. Um, so it was, it was a tough time because now I'm scared that mental illness is coming for me. Um, my grandmother had bipolar disorder also. Um, and how old were you at the time that this happened? I was, I, I was 21 when, when mom passed. My dad, who, you know, my parents weren't together at the time. Um, my dad was a wonderful guy. He was my, my rock. He was my role model my whole life. And I just feel like different people deal with life and cope in different ways. And he started drinking a lot and, and, uh, kind of very quickly became a very different person than the guy that, that I grew up with. And, um, there's a big part of me that just felt like, again, like not only was this not in my control either, but, um, it started to feel like life was just going to be too hard. Right. You know, like it didn't matter how many times I got up, life was going to try to knock me on my ass again. Right. And say like, stop trying to get up. Kind of uh, like, it, when can I, you know, when am I going to catch a break here? Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what it was, you know, and, and kind of through all of this was still had this feeling like there was this version of myself I wanted to become that I could do something like with my life, live a meaningful life, help people, whatever it was. I didn't know what that was, but it just kind of felt like life was saying no. Um, little did I know that life was actually preparing me. Um, you know, I look back at everything, everything that I've been through, entirely grateful for all of it which might sound like a strange thing to say. You know, I mean, it's not like I wouldn't take those things back if I could. Absolutely, I would. But we can't take things back and, and things happen. And what are we going to do about it? Things do happen in life. And a lot of things are going to happen in life. Just because you want to live your 10 doesn't mean that life's going to hand you your 10. Right. And it will throw you curveballs. People will get sick. People will die. Pandemics, <laughs> worldwide pandemics will happen. Uh, and you've got to make a decision. Are you going to live your 10? Or aren't you? I knew that people wouldn't blame me. You know, like nobody would nobody would blame me if I kind of lived my five, let's say. And um, they'd understand. I, I felt like I had a whole lot of reasons why I should kind of be messed up or, you know, not live the kind of life I want to live. And I just, I caught myself saying this over and over again, kind of justifying it and rationalizing it to myself. And, and then finally, I just asked myself the question. I said, so what? Like not to make light of it and not to dismiss it or minimize it, but just like, so what? Like, yes, it's going to happen. Now what? Right. Who do you want to be? What kind of life do you want to live? It doesn't matter what hand you were dealt. What do you want to do with it? Right. Um, and that became kind of the beginning of everything for me was that it was such a, such an empowering thing. Say like, I can't turn out like my mom. I can't turn out like my dad. I'm honestly terrified to turn out like either one of them at this point. Um, I need to almost start from scratch in who I want to be. I need to, this is when I started designing or developing the, the operating system, the internal operating system. It originally just started as a way to try to beat mental illness, like mm -hmm. proactively beat mental illness. Do you think before you're starting to develop this operating system and really, you know, kind of moving into that next phase of your life, you know, when you were maybe even thinking about staying at a five, do you feel at that time you were going through 
your own mental illness, depression, just dealing with the circumstances that life had thrown you, where were you mentally at that time? Uh, honestly, I was <laughs> for a, for a little while there, I was not in a great spot. Um, because I felt like life was going to be too hard because I felt that I could very easily turn out like my mom and I just didn't want to experience life that way. Um, I could also turn out like my dad. I think at the time I was more scared of, of turning out like my mom because I just felt like if this is an illness and it's coming for me, like what can I do to stop it? If I can't do anything, then, and if there's a chance that I'm going to end up like her, I, I considered ending it all right there myself. I just thought, I don't want to live this way. I don't want to live this, this life where it's going to be hard thing after hard thing. I don't want to end up like her. If I'm going to, why, why even chance it? Um, and so I, I did quite, I thought quite a bit about ending my own life at the time. Um, I don't know that I was ever really close to doing it, but it's certainly something that I considered. Yeah. What do you think was that light switch for you? I think it was the so what. Mm -hmm. I really do. It's like when I ask myself, who do I want to be and what kind of life do I want to live? And, and for anybody listening or watching, I encourage you to ask yourself this question. I really do. I can, I can promise you, if you ask yourself that honest question, you're not going to give yourself an honest answer of, I want to be a victim. Right. Like I want my life to be defined by my circumstances. I want other people and other things to decide who I am and how I get to live and how happy I am and what do I achieve, what do I achieve and, and do I realize my potential or not? Like once that, that switch flips in you, it's just different. And this is when I, I realized that it's not like people are just like happy or unhappy. It's not like a yes or no thing. Um, just like you don't just have like good relationships or bad relationships or you're healthy or you're not healthy. Like it's, it's, there's much more of a range to it. And this is when I started paying attention to this kind of scale from one to 10. Uh, realized that mom had been struggling a long time, probably around like a two and eventually kind of one and then zero. And being at that low end uh, of that scale or that spectrum gave me so much perspective because I kind of said like, if there's a worst, there has to be a best. Like that just makes sense. So if, if right now I'm at like maybe my two, what's 10 like? Pretty awesome. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Like I just want to live my 10. Right. And, and I, and this was the first time that I realized that it is entirely a choice. Right. Um, I think of it like you open up a, a restaurant menu and you get to pick what you want to eat for dinner whatever you choose, like that's, that's what you're going to eat. Um, and so this, this was it is, and I, I recognize that most people in life, just by law of averages are living like they're five. <laughs> um, if you think of like a bell curve, right, mm -hmm. that big meaty chunk in the middle is like that four, five, six range. Uh, it's actually quite rare for people to be living a nine or a 10. I um, agree. You know, people who work hard and they're, you know, good people, smart people, loving people can, can live their seven, maybe their eight. Um, but I believe it takes a, a shift in your mindset mm. and then obviously the development of certain tools and skills to, to live your 10, but it's not rocket science. It's just, it's just first starting with, well, I'm going to live my 10, my life. One day I'm going to be at the end of it and I'm going to look back on it and I'm going to evaluate it and I'm going to have to give myself a score 
And there is just no part of me that can justify or be okay with saying, yeah, like I, I lived my seven, like I can't do it. And so once you kind of understand that and you commit to it, you start thinking about things differently. Most of the people that I speak with that, you know, maybe they don't say it in terms of living their 10, but maybe just realigning and, and living life in a more intentional way. Yeah. A lot of them have had those type of experiences. Do you find that people have the self-awareness to say, you know, hey, I might be living at a six or a seven and I want to live at a 10 if they haven't had an experience like that happen? Yeah, it's a great question. So I think for a lot of people, in fact, probably the huge majority of us, it takes some sort of catalyst. Right. Um, do we have the self-awareness? Some people do. Uh, I don't think everybody does. Um, if everybody had that kind of self-awareness, the world would be a much better place. Um, <laughs> So no, self-awareness is probably the single most important thing that any one of us can develop yeah. and continue to develop. Um, and unfortunately, it's in, in short supply. <laughs> I hate to say it, but it is. Um, but for the people who, who are self-aware enough to, I mean, there's kind of two parts to this. There, you can be self-aware enough to say that I am living my six or I am living my seven and I want to live my 10. But then are you self-aware enough to actually do something about it? Right. Or is it just, you know, it's, it's, it's no different from, you know, I want to quit smoking. I know that. Okay. But now what? Right. Um, knowing something. And, and we hear this all the time. People say, well, I know that. And it's like, yeah, but you know it on kind of an intellectual level, which is great. But do you really get it? Right. And are you being that in your life? Um, it's just about, okay, what's that? What's that step? Like, how do I put myself in that position to make those things a reality, not just a thought or a, I wonder what it would be like, but to actually put yourself in that position? Um, I think that's what separates people on a huge level, the people from actually start making that progress to people who stay stuck in, I call it like the mediocrity trap. You got to make sure you get out of that trap, unless you want to be in it. And some people Maybe. do. And that's fine. I'm not here and to tell you not to. Right. But for those who don't and want to go from that six or seven to the 10, I guess the next question would be, okay, what are the steps or how are you working with people to start taking those steps to get there? Sure. So I'm, I'm going to go back to, uh, to the operating system if I can, yeah. because you can go to like a workshop or a seminar and those things are great. But let's say you go to a week, anyone who's ever been to say a weekend workshop, you go there, you're all pumped up Saturday, Sunday, you're on top of the world. You think like, I'm going to go crush life starting Monday. What happens on Monday? Back to the same uh, old. <laughs> back to the same old, right? Where's that support? Where's that community? Where's that, okay, I have follow-up questions. Now what? Um, you can read books, you can listen to podcasts, and these are all great resources, but that alone isn't going to, you know, for some people, for I think a small number of people, that actually might be enough. But for most people, you know, we need more meat on the bone. Um, you can, you know, therapy, traditional therapy and tr traditional like psychology isn't for everybody. It's great for, for people who it is for, but it's just not for everybody. And again, for some reason, there's stigma about it. You can work with people one-on-one, -on -one, like a great life coach or something like that is, is awesome. I do caution anybody who's, who's considering working with a life coach, just to be careful who you work with, because there are some fantastic life coaches out there. There are also... A whole bunch of people who just decided to call themselves a life coach <laughs> that and is true. one of the reasons that the gym started the way it did was because sometimes you hear people that you really want to work with saying things like i just can't afford it 
um, because a good life coach can really be cost prohibitive for a lot of people. And I don't feel like living your 10 should be some sort of an elite level availability. Um, I believe it should be for the every person. So by doing it in the kind of gym format, we, you know, we're very big on making this practical and simple and accessible for everybody. So um, where I think we differ a lot other than kind of in our format, but is also our approach. Um, people, I think very traditionally, people are very big on what do I want to achieve and how do I do that? I think the danger of deciding today what you want to achieve is you're deciding that from kind of year six or seven. So we don't focus nearly as much on what you want to do. We focus a lot more on who you want to be. We help build you into that version of yourself that you believe you could be. We help upgrade your operating system. So you think, so you make decisions, so you act and behave like that version of you that you do want to be, that one that inspires you, that one that you're proud to be. And what happens is when you connect who you want to be with why you're doing it, and you add in incredible relationships in your life, those are kind of the, the three non-negotiables of, of living your 10. But when you put those things together, not focusing so much on the what, but focusing so much more on who, um, the what stuff really starts to take care of itself. Um, I like the point so that you made, like you can't focus necessarily on the what from where you're at at or six or seven, because I think I can relate to that myself in my own life when I think back to, you know, I, I, my intention was never to start my own business. You mm. know, my partner at the time actually really encouraged me. And I had my first client come to me and say, hey, I know you can do this thing, which was producing a video for them. Can you yeah. do it for me? And I said, well, sure. Let me go create an LLC on sunbiz.org for the state right. of Florida. And... I created a video, like I created my business because that one client asked me to do it. And then it continued as a side hustle, which at that point I was like, well, I know I can do this. I'll continue with my full-time job and I'll hustle on the side and have my extra income and be happy with that. Never intended to be a full-time entrepreneur. And then three years later, I get laid off from my full-time job. And I'm like, hmm, well, I guess I could give this thing a, a shot full time. Yeah. And that it's just like, you know, my mindset at that point could have never seen myself as a full time entrepreneur. But now yeah. as an entrepreneur, I can see so many more things that I can do now in the yeah. space that I'm at. So it's like it's ever evolving like the what. Absolutely, it is. And, and I love that. And if you if you open yourself up to that, what ever evolving, you're just going to put yourself in such a great place. Because yeah. those opportunities are going to show up. And instead of saying like, well, that's not what I saw when I was at my six, um, things are going to click with you a lot more. And they're going to make sense because they're going to fit. Yes, absolutely. Right? It, some people like to have like a five and 10 year plan. I do believe it's important to have goals and things you're working towards. But if you need to have a plan, like, please write it in pencil. Don't write it in pen. <laughs> um, because you just don't know. Like our job really is to get a little bit better today than we were yesterday. Yeah. And just keep doing that. And you don't know very much like you just explained. You don't know what's going to come your way. So just be open to it. Just keep getting better. Right. Keep working on yourself and see what starts showing up for you. So when you mention the skills that you're working on, can you give me some examples of what some of those are? Yeah, sure. So uh, <laughs> tying in nicely to some of the stuff we've already talked about, one of the, the big themes of kind of everything we've been working on for the last month in the gym 
has been about taking responsibility for your life. So looking at those areas where we do blame, where we do make excuses, where we do justify, where we do rationalize, every time we make a choice that is not choosing our 10, um, if you think about every decision or every choice you have to make, think of it like a fork in the road. You get to a fork in the road, you can't go both ways at the same time, right? You can't choose six and 10 at the same time. You've got to choose. So we want to make sure that we're always, or at least as consistently as possible, choosing 10, choosing 10, choosing 10, and not coming up with reasons for why we're not. Not saying, well, I'm going to, but here's why I'm not this time. If there was one thing to work on, like one skill to keep working on in your life, if you only picked one, other than the mindset of living your 10 and understanding what that is, it's, it's just taking full responsibility for your life, taking full ownership of your life and just absolutely refuse to be a victim. Mm. Um, and I know that when people think of being a victim, sometimes they think of, you can think of, everyone probably has someone in their life where you're like, oh, that person's a victim. That yes. person's always making excuses, <laughs> always blaming. It. I can guarantee you that person's not happy, mm -hmm. right? And we know that victims aren't happy people because, well, if there's something you want to improve, how are you going to improve it? By making excuses for why you're not improving it or by taking responsibility and improving it? If we don't look at that as victim, not victim, and we kind of think of that as like, are you taking 10 responsibility for your life, not six or seven responsibility? It changes. It's a different conversation. Um, it's not about being perfect. It's not about, you know, never blaming or never falling back into old habits and patterns and justifying. It's, it's always going to happen. The important thing is that you catch yourself. Every time it happens, you catch yourself and you just ask yourself the question, is this who I want to be? Right. So lastly, I want to know for someone who might be interested, how is this, and we, you briefly touched on it, but how is the mental gym different from, let's say, working with a life coach or going to therapy? Yeah, so one of the biggest differences is that we work out in groups. It's a group class. So think of it like if you were go go to the gym working out by yourself versus going to, say, a spin class or boot camp class or a CrossFit class or something like that. There's something really special and really powerful about working out with like-minded people. Yeah. We push each other. We support each other. We encourage each other. We hold each other accountable. Accountability is huge. Um, we get different perspectives from different people from different walks of life, and there's so much to learn and so much value in that. Uh, I know that some programs would say like, okay, this is just for like 40 year old entrepreneurs who are in the tech space, uh, who have two kids. And it's like, there's a place for that. And that's great. But for people who are kind of looking for almost a, a broader approach to it, who don't want to be so laser focused, who do want a broader approach, who do want more perspective, who do want ways of challenging and thinking themselves, um, or thinking differently for themselves or just evolving how they think that's what we're really big on. So every class is just one hour. It's live online, one hour, once a week, we have a lesson plan again, same way you would have it a group exercise class, um, trainer led classes, discussion based. So there's a lot of questions back and forth. Again, we want you to think, um, we encourage questions a lot, like <laughs> just because we say something, just because I think something's a certain way, doesn't mean you need to agree with it. So challenge it. Yeah. Um, we're very big on that. We've got three rules in every class, three very simple rules. One, we treat each other with a ton of respect. Two, we're always honest with each other and with ourselves. And three, there's no judgment. Not only does it become a, a great place to grow and connect with like-minded people and just you know work out with like-minded people, um, but it's fun. It's really enjoyable. Our, our members routinely speak about when they get out of a class, they're, they've got that huge adrenaline rush. 
um, because they just feel like they're in control of their lives and they get to take another step towards their 10 and they get to now spend the next week. We, we have a uh, self-work that you do between classes. So here's something to keep your momentum building. Here's something to work on, put theory into practice, come back next week. We're going to build on that and we're going to keep going. And then the next week we're going to build on that and we're going to keep going. I actually started the gym in large part because it's, I was asking that question. I want to be in the mental gym. I want to work out in the mental gym. Where is it? Mm-hmm. It doesn't exist. Well, it needs to. You know, as you all are making those New Year's resolutions to lose 15 pounds in the new year, also think about mm-hmm. upgrading your operating system at the mental gym. So how can people learn more about you, connect with you, all the good stuff? Yeah. Oh, by the way, I love what you just said about New Year's and, and dropping 15 pounds because COVID. we know, everybody knows, that. <laughs> like everybody says that New Year's, like I'm going to go, you know, go start working out. I'm going to take better care of myself. And it's so well-intentioned, right? Like mm-hmm. it's all the right reasons. Your heart's in the right place. You really want it. And then what happens three weeks later when, when that, that big push of motivation just kind of wears off, um, this is entirely up here. This is entirely your mindset and your your mental tools and skills. It, it has nothing to do with information that's out there on the internet. There's tons of information on losing weight or exercising or changing habits. It's, it's not about information. It's about putting yourself in a position to actually make this happen. Right. Um, we see this people all complements any other physical type of goals you have. Anything. We see people all the time lose weight and change habits and get in way better physical shape just because their mindset about it is different. They understand right. things differently in life now. It just becomes a part of who they are. Um, so how do we get in touch? So you can check out our website, mentalgymlife.com. It's probably a great spot to just learn a little bit more about the gym. Um, you, there's, you can contact us right through there. Uh, you can check us out. Um, connect with me on LinkedIn if you want. You're a big fan of LinkedIn. So <laughs> LinkedIn Corey Chadwick, that would be great. Uh, you can check us out on uh, on Instagram if you want um, at Mental Gym Life, and um, I would say to anybody who's interested, Tamika, what's a good uh, what's a good promo code? What's a promo code that you like to use? Um, or how that's about a good you? question? Yeah, I mean it could be Tamika. Yeah, work? so I'd say who, for anybody who who wants to uh, Tamika learn 10. more, check it. Right, Tamika Ten. Tamika Ten, love that. Okay, so. For anybody who's listening to this, if you want to check out a class in the mental gym, contact us through the website. You can email me personally through there. I'll see the email that comes in. Mention Tamika 10 and uh, and I'll get you into a class. It's on me. Um, I love that. I'll make sure to link to that below in the show notes as well. So it's awesome. there, nice and accessible. Yeah. And then, uh, hey, if the gym's for you, awesome. And if it's not, cool, but definitely worth checking out. Absolutely. I really enjoyed this conversation, Corey. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. This was great. Uh, I love this. It was awesome. I hope you enjoyed learning more about Corey's story, which is truly impactful, and the work that he's doing now to help people in these group settings in a gym membership type of setting. So make sure you find that promo code Tamika10 down below, connect with Corey, learn more about the mental gym and add that to your list of resolutions. Because remember, whatever you wanna do with your body, you have to start with your mind first. Until next time, I hope to see you back next week and you know where to go to find me, YouTube, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, 
Facebook, all the good stuff. I never usually list all of those, but make sure you find us on YouTube. Hit subscribe. Connect with me on LinkedIn. And until next week, stay happy, stay healthy.